listening to Young PR Pros, episode 85. For the young and young at heart PR pros looking for tips and advice on how to build and advance their careers. I am Christine Darbell in Ottawa, Canada, and I am all by myself for this week's episode. But that's okay because my lovely co-host Julia Kent is en route right now to Toronto to attend the IABC International Conference. So I'm so excited for her to come back and share with us all the wonderful things that she learned at the conference. But we wanted to run an episode this week anyway to make sure that we were giving you guys some great content. Uh, And this week we're actually going to talk about an event that I attended a couple weeks ago called Navigate Your PR Career hosted by the Canadian Public Relations Society Ottawa Gatineau Chapter. I was invited to speak as a panelist uh, and moderate a panel of both senior professionals and young professionals. So we started off the night with a panel of three senior PR professionals. Carolyn Gardner, the Director of Marketing and Communications at Novatech Technologies, was on the panel uh, representing the High Tech Corporation. We had Patty Murphy, the Director of Communications and Development for the Ottawa Food Bank, representing the not-for-profit industry. And we had Jim Armour, who is the Vice President of Summa Strategies Canada, representing the agency industry. So we had a great conversation with these professionals, and one of the topics uh, that was discussed was around LinkedIn. Now, Carolyn Gardner said made sure that she she let everyone know in the room that she absolutely loves LinkedIn. She really, really enjoys that social network. However, there are a couple of rules with LinkedIn that I thought I would share on today's episode. One of the things she mentioned is that if you're going to send a message to a professional through LinkedIn and ask them to connect with you, it's probably best to make a personal message. Uh, LinkedIn is your professional network, not another Twitter. You should be adding people strategically and updating your profile regularly, even if you're not looking for a job. So Carolyn normally only, I mean, she, she only adds people that she knows. So if you wanted to add her in, in your message, because I mean, we're all human. We might not remember every single person that we've met at every single networking event. But for an example with Carolyn, if you ever wanted to add her to LinkedIn, you'd probably want to write up a little blurb to say, you know, we met at the CPRS Navigate Your PR Career event. I really loved you on the panel. I'd really love to add you to my network and you know so that I can maybe in the future one day uh, ask you questions. The panelists also discussed tips for resumes. Carolyn Gardner said uh, we love bullet points. Summarize your qualifications. Don't write us a novel. One of the rules that I think all three panelists agreed to that night was you know one page double-sided. Never you know it should be one sheet of paper that you're handing over. It shouldn't be stapled, it shouldn't be uh, paper clipped together. It's one paper, double-sided, and it should be easy enough to read. So separate things with headers and bullet points so that this way when someone's skimming your resume, they can can go right to the bullet points or right to the sections that uh, are of interest to them right away. 
Patty Murphy uh, from Ottawa Food Bank, uh, she said that an outstanding job application or resume is one with the company in mind. And I really, really like that advice. Uh, and Julia Kent actually mentioned this on a couple of a uh, couple of episodes back when we had Tara Lapointe on the show talking about interview tips. And she said that there was one time that she started off her cover letter with "Forgive me if my excitement is jumping off the page." And I think that's such a perfect way to start your cover letter. Your cover letter is the doorway into who you are. This is a sales tool. This is a one page you know, maximum two or three paragraphs where you can capture the reader to say, this is why you want to have me in for an interview and I guarantee you, you, you will not regret it. So make sure that it's exciting, not only just about you, but why is the company hiring you? What's so special about you? Why would you fit into the company? So yes, it's important to be, you know, to talk about yourself and to talk up your skills and, and, and talk about all the things that you're good at. But remember, you're applying for a job with a company. People want to hire someone who, who wants to work for them. They don't want to hire someone who's just filled in the blanks and changed the company name. So make sure job application has the company in mind. And finally, the last thing on resumes, Jim Armour uh, from Summa Strategies, he reminded everyone that the person who's looking at a resume is just finding a reason to throw it out. So don't give them a reason. And what does that translate into? no spelling errors, no grammar errors. Make sure that you're, you have read through your resume and your cover letter a thousand times and you've had at least five individual people look over your resume and your cover letter to make sure that there are no spelling mistakes. Because even I will miss my own spelling mistakes. I mean, after you read your own copy over and over and over again, uh, sometimes you glaze over mistakes and you miss them, right? So my uh, advice to, to, to people is to get a second pair of eyes or a third or fourth pair of eyes on, on your cover letter and on your resume to make sure there are absolutely no spelling errors. Because again, if you're giving that person a reason, if they see a spelling mistake, they're just looking for reasons to shorten that pile of resumes. So if they see a spelling mistake, especially from a communicator, in the garbage. Makes their life easy. Don't make their life easy. Make it hard. Make them go through that resume and say, ah, I've got to keep this in the pile. Another topic we talked about was about mentors. Now, during the first networking break, I caught up with Patty Murphy, and she gave me a couple of tips on how to approach a potential mentor. Here's my little interview with her. I think um, sort of the term mentor has changed over the years, and for me personally, I wouldn't say mentor as a singular word, I would say it as a plural, and you have to sort of define that relationship going into it. So early on in your career, for me personally, when I was you know, early, the early stages of my career, I thought I knew everything, and I felt sort of shy to approach someone to sort of, you know, engage in that type of a mentorship relationship. But I think nowadays it's important to have several. Um, there might be a specific area that you really want to develop more um, acuity in. There might be an area that you really, you really want to get into eventually. But I think having several mentors that you can call on and really... I think to approach a, a potential mentor is to define what that relationship is. Is it, you know, once a quarter where you'd like to grab a coffee? Is it a phone call on occasion? 
because I think um, some people will get scared off by having that starting that relationship as a mentor. But I think really um, framing it so that it's manageable um, for someone and and look at all different areas. Look at you know look at uh, business people. Look at people that might be where you're keen to volunteer with and, and sort of create a, a network of, of mentors. Great advice from Patty Murphy. So after the networking break, we switched gears a bit and we got some young professionals, just like you, our listeners, uh, recent graduates who had recently built their career and have become quite successful in a short period of time. We had three panelists, Darcy Boucher, who is the founder and president of Bauda PR, a communications and consulting firm. James Kenny, who's a senior consultant for Hill and Knowlton Strategies Canada and Stephanie Rochfort, who is a communication services officer for the Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions, and she was representing the government industry. The conversation that I moderated with the young professionals were a little bit different. Again, they they had great, great advice, but they were also looking at searching for a job with a, with a different lens because they had all been there. They had all been there maybe two years ago or three years ago or maybe even four years ago. These are fre- like recent graduates fresh out of school who have uh, worked really hard to be successful in their short young career. And they had some really, really great in- uh, insight. One of the things we discussed was short-term contract positions. And Stephanie Rochford told us a story about how her several-month-long contract, a couple months long, turned into several years. So her important message was don't underestimate the contract position. Even if it's a one month, two month, or three month contract position, you never know if it'll get renewed. So if you're a young professional looking for a job and you see a three month contract position, don't run away from it. It might seem daunting because it's a short position, like a, a very short time period, but you never know if that position has the opportunity of being uh, renewed at the end of it. And a lot of times in public relations and communications, if you wow your boss and if you wow your senior professionals around you and you give them a thousand reasons not to get rid of you, it happens all the time where jobs are created for the best and the brightest. There might not be a job when you first get in there, but after the three-month contract is up, maybe they'll create a job for you because they don't want to lose you. So don't underestimate those contract positions, and I think that was a great, great advice from Stephanie. Another thing is James Kenny. He reminded everyone that, which is really refreshing because we don't we don't often hear this from senior professionals on the show, but. James reminded everyone that hunting for a job can be a full-time job itself. And James really sees the value in doing research and informational interviews before applying for a job just to get an idea of what the company is like. Often what will happen with young professionals is we're so desperate to find a job that the moment we're offered a job or offered an interview opportunity, we get in, they offer us the job, and then we get into the position without doing a lot of research. And what can happen with that is, and it could, it could go both ways. I, I mean, Julia confessed to us a while ago that she actually had no idea what her company did until she first started working there. But it turned out to be such a great environment for her and she loved it and she's still there. On, on, on my end, I actually did quite a bit of research into CAA and, and into um, 
their strategies. And I was very, I was lucky enough to know the person uh, who was in my position before me. So I actually sat down with her and got a little bit of information on what she was doing to kind of give me a better, a better idea of, of how I wanted to go into that interview. So, you know, really take your time to research companies because uh, just as much as a company is trying to find the right fit and the right employee, you need to make sure for yourself that you're finding the right company as well and the right fit. Now, all of the pa- uh, panelists mentioned that when reaching out to a senior professional, there's one thing you have to keep in mind. Make your messages very clear. And this also works, especially when Darcy was talking to us about reaching out to clients because she has her own firm, right? You want to be very, very clear in your messages. Do you want five minutes of their time? Do you want an hour informational interview? You know, make sure that you're upfront with them. And if you're going to ask for a five minute coffee, it's a five minute coffee. Now, Darcy had a really, really great quote, and I'm going to repeat it. During the event, she said, as cheesy as it sounds, be yourself. People can see when you're not, and people love it when you are. So I thought that this was such a great quote, and I think it's even more important for online relationships as well. So on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you are, on your your blog, it's so important to be yourself. So I caught up with Darcy during the second networking break, and she told me how important her online presence was to how to growing her career and growing her business. I'm here with Darcy. So thank you so much for sitting down with me, Darcy. Thank you for having me. We're at the CPRS Navigate Your PR Career event, and we're talking about tips and advice for how to start your career, how to build your career, and we've already uh, spoken with some of the senior panelists, and we're just about to jump in and talk with you and two other young professionals. So I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions before you go um, on stage. So one of the things that we talked about was social media presence, and I think you're great person to answer this question because I know that the last time you were on our podcast, you had just launched your blog and you were really trying to build your online presence. So how important do you credit your online presence to how you've built your career so far? I think it's incredibly important. And I think especially because the industry that we're in, I think it's not an option. If someone tells me that they're not on Twitter, I'm sorry, you lose a little bit of credibility because how can you do PR if you don't know, right? How can you do a company's Twitter if you're not on I think it's really important. I think it's a really great tool to connect with people these days and connect with people that you don't even know. If you have someone that, um, whether it be a celebrity or someone that you look up to in your industry, it's a really great way to reach out to them and actually do it in a public forum that they could potentially respond. So I think it's incredibly important. I think it did help me a lot. It helped me connect with a lot of people that I didn't know that I eventually got to meet in real life. So that's the fun part of it too. You actually get to meet people later face to face. It's weird because you kind of actually know them, already know them. Yeah, it's nice to put a face to a Twitter handle. And again, that was our lovely Darcy. I'm so, so happy that I actually got to sit down with her and sit down on the panel and and share some wonderful insight with her. You actually might recognize her voice. She was on episode 24 back in September 2012. That's two years ago. And she was actually in our first video interview. Julia and I are so proud of what she has accomplished so far. Be sure to follow her and check her out on Twitter at Darcy Boucher or follow her company at Bauda PR or catch her blog and see how it's changed since episode 24 at the eternal optimist 88.blogspot.ca. 
after the second networking break, we had one last little presentation by Our Mode Fashion, and they basically talked about uh, how to dress for success. It was hosted by CJ and Catherine. They're both style bloggers, and you can follow them at Our Mode on Twitter. Look forward to a future episode with CJ and Catherine, where we'll talk about uh, tips on coordinating standout, budget-friendly interview wardrobe that is versatile enough to be converted for evening networking events. So I'm so excited for this episode. I'm so excited to have CJ and Catherine come on with us. So stay tuned for that. That pretty much wraps up the recap of Navigate Your PR Career. I want to give a huge, huge shout out to Joan and the entire team at CPRS Ottawa Gatineau for inviting myself and young PR pros to be part of this yearly marquee event. We cannot wait for the next one. Now, one last thing before I go, if you were following us on Twitter last week, you'll have noticed that I mentioned I have a little announcement to make today. If you are a young professional looking for a job and you live in Ottawa, you could work for me. The Canadian Automobile Association is hiring a part-time communications assistant. We need a bright young professional who is eager to learn. Check out youngprpros.ca. We'll have a full job description on our website. Or email your resume to youngprpros at gmail.com. Or, seeing as we're in the social media world and Young PR Pros has talked about different ways of applying for jobs, why don't you tweet me or send me a Facebook message uh, with a link to your online resume, maybe your Pinterest resume, or maybe you have an infographic resume. I would love uh, to meet you. So if, uh, if you're in Ottawa, again, this of course only applies to anyone in Ottawa, Canada, but if you're looking for uh, a job, a part-time job, and you, and you live in Ottawa, I would love to meet you. And that's all for now. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening and spending this time with us. Don't forget, you can always leave a comment on our blog at youngprpros.ca if you have any ideas for future episodes, or email us your idea at youngprpros at gmail.com, or catch us on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Google+, or check us out on Pinterest, or just tweet us a message at Young PR Pros, at Christine Darbell, and at Kent Media. We'll see you next week.